0: Up next on Inside the SCCA, catching up with the first. Welcome to Inside the SCCA. I'm Brian Belansky. And uh, today we've got a pretty cool episode coming up. We are going to catch up with the first ever guest, Inside the SCCA. Jason Pribble is going to be with us just a second. And uh, also, we're going to debut a new feature here that we're going to do every week. Um, Basically, news and notes about stuff going on with the club. If you wait till the end of the show, I'm going to end each show with uh, some headlines, some news, some info, some whatever you want to call it. Um, But uh, a little more stuff other than just interviewing a guest. And kind of keep you up to speed with what's going on with the club here. So let's get right to it. Uh, Here is our guest for the day. He looks not even a day older than he was when we first caught up with him uh, back in the day. Uh, We started this show, Jason, um, October of 2021. I believe you had just come down from, come off of being at the runoffs, right? Or was it the runoffs the year before that?
1: Yeah, that was the year off of the runoff. So okay, October twenty twenty one. It was probably
0: like at Indy weeks after I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I would heard about your run at Indy, and uh, I had uh, we were in in the midst of the of the pandemic, and I had been laid off from my job, which allowed me to start doing some podcasting, and I've always wanted to do something with the Seca. And I just decided to take a swing for the fences and start the podcast. And, um, and I, like I said, I heard your story and I got in touch with your dad. Your dad got me in touch with you and all things came together. So you were season one, episode one. Lots happened since then, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you and
1: me both. It's uh
0: it's been quite a journey. <laughs> so let's chat for a second. Um kind of go back to that first episode and uh the reason we had you on is because you had uh you had gone to the runoffs in an FE2 car at Indy and it was your one of your like three races into racing cars that that weren't go-karts, right?
1: Yeah, it was I mean we we ended up doing the whole season. Okay. Uh, Obviously, races versus weekends, all that. Sure, you know, um, I, I could count on two hands the amount of races I had done before the runoff. definitely. Right. And uh, yeah, so that was that was definitely interesting. That was crazy. Looking back on it, it's it's a, uh, you know, with the experience I have now, right. I don't know if I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs>
0: well, but but we talked about it though. You did it the right way. You know, you went through carts, but when you went to go go race big cars. You didn't buy a car. You went and rented. You had a good team you were working with. So you did all the right things. And and when people ask me what we're doing and, and how to get your kid involved in racing, you know, you you did what I tell people to do. You know, and um, I think that is part of your success is that while it's cool and fun to do it on your own, and if you come from a long lineage of racers and your you know family had been racing forever, that's fine, then it's kind of easy. But if you're kind of new to the sport and you don't have a long history in in, in doing what we do, renting with a good, style, solid, established team where you can get some coaching is really important, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It comes down to meeting new people. Uh, that ended up probably being the most valuable thing. I mean, like, I learned a lot from that first season of racing cars, but the people I met that season that I probably wouldn't have met, or at least not to that level of, you know, companionship, I guess. um, That was, uh, for lack of a better term, life-changing. I mean, the the people I was working with that year helped me out a lot the year after, and even so on. Uh, They've put me in touch with more people that are, you know— amazing and they, they've helped me out a lot so all yeah right. it, it comes down to that networking thing everyone talks about <laughs> um, so
0: so there's another thing that um that i think is the x factor here and um i'm gonna probably embarrass you for a moment um it really helps for two reasons two things first of all you're a, you're a good kid and i still call you a kid because you're what now 22 18, 18. <laughs> So you're absolutely still a kid. Um yeah. <laughs> but but no, you're good kids, you're respectful, you 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 talk to people well and and you, you know and and so many I'm not to, not bashing kids, but it's just true. You know, so many youngsters come up with an attitude, and they they come up with uh, lacking a little a little humbleness. And uh, every time I talk with you, I, I get the impression that that's not you. So that's the first thing that that makes teams want to work with someone like you when you're young. The second thing is, um, you do a really good job of not wrecking. And if someone's going to put you in their car, they want the car to come back with four wheels on and pointing in the right direction, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, um, we could, we'll, we'll get in this eventually. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I've uh, unfortunately changed those ways just a touch, but Ooh. I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm better. It's I didn't do too much of that this year, at least. Good, um, good. But uh, well, but you're still young,
0: so that, I,
1: I mean part of the thing that happens with racing right when you're on the edge eventually you're gonna make mistakes. sure i I remember talking to my dad after the first year of racing and we had set aside a sizable amount of crash damage money right and he told me at the end of the season he was like you know i'm surprised you didn't bring the car up (laughs) oh the kiss of death (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny that's funny uh, yeah no i mean it's it's part of racing but it's gonna happen to everyone at some point so
0: so i followed you along over the last oh two years plus now and uh we've chatted off and on and i've kind of seen what you've been up to so let's go through what you've done since we chatted 143 episodes ago um what did you do in the 2022 season yeah um I wonder I guess
1: not. That was way early on. So back twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one, like end of 2021 uh the team that I raced with Rencraft um in FE two, Tony the owner, talked to me, said, Well, you know, I like you, you're a good driver, let's go do something bigger. So we had originally planned to start up a USF juniors team. Hmm. Um That was pretty last minute. I mean, it was, I think he talked to me in November about it. The whole idea was we needed to get another driver to fund the team because obviously I couldn't do that on my own. Uh, We needed a hauler. I mean, Tony is the type of guy that only does things right. Right. Uh, And that's a very valuable thing as we learned because we we couldn't, we didn't end up getting the Tony deal figured out. Um, We had, just enough money to work with someone else on the uh, on the lower end of the price point, and it didn't really work out the way we wanted to. Uh, ended up missing the first race of the season due to that, and uh, it was just a bit of a mess at the beginning. Right. So we made the switch over to sports cars. Um, ran the Spec MX-5 Challenge Series, which is great. It's um, I mean, really future of spec miata right i'm not entirely well versed in sports cars especially miatas but um it it was a fantastic group of people mazda did a great job with everything and um
0: well and and to prove that point they're now an seca national class and they're going to be part of the runoffs this year for the first time so you know um mazda puts a lot of time and effort into the seca so
1: yeah, I mean, that whole series is their heart and soul. Obviously, the MX-5 Cup is one thing, but the MX-5 Cup can live on its own. The right. Spec MX-5 Series, that is kind of, you know, where you grab the drivers from the MX-5 Cup, the the ones that are really skilled. Right. And uh, Mazda puts a lot of effort into that, and, you know, that just makes it all the better right. you know, for both series. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for Justin, the manager of the series. He got that deal figured out for... Um, uh, the runoffs and you know I, I've been in touch with him ever since and yeah it's always good to good to reconnect with those right. those people um that was obviously the first time I wrecked a car as well <laughs>
0: that season so <laughs> well in um, those cars wrecks are often not not unusual and not necessarily always your fault <laughs> yeah yeah no um
1: one, one of them was okay fair <laughs> but, enough uh, I'll, I'll take the blame for that it's uh Young young driver, ready to go, ready to go fast, and uh, humbled me a little bit more. So.
0: Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> but, uh, like I said, that's got to happen for a driver like myself. Right. Um, but, yeah, so 2022 finished up. We did a race in the Spec Racer Ford yep. just because, right? Um, heard so much about it, figured you might as well, right? Uh, Blackhawk Farms, so you know that story from episode one of Yep. just— It's a track I know. It's a track I love. Ended up first time out in the car was qualifying. I qualified third of 20. Um, Didn't win a race that weekend, but came second, I think, both days. So pretty solid. Yeah. Um, And then finished out the season doing the Chris Griffiths test at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the USF 2000 with turn three. Uh, That group was somebody that uh, Tony pointed my way. Um, And that was that really set everything off. Um, a lot of things that I didn't even know happened happened because of that mm-hmm. that test. Um, people found my name, and that was, you know, one of my breakthrough moments. Right, uh, was that last test? So we we tried to get a USF two thousand team going for twenty twenty three or the season. Uh, that's a little harder than it sounds, even though it sounds really hard. Sure. Uh, so we couldn't do that, but I had a lot of. A really great time in the spec racer Ford and it was great racing so we chose that for the season ran a uh, a H pattern pretty much the whole year which was so much fun (laughs) right right Um, ended up coming second in that championship so that was cool Um, and we did some f1600 with rice race prep I remember I think it was at June sprints Mm -hmm. um, Greg had reached out to us his, he only had one driver, and that driver needed a teammate. So he said, well, I know you. Come out, and uh, we'll get things sorted. Uh, you can run Road America with us. Did that great weekend. Um, that kicked off the Team USA scholarship for me. So the Team USA scholarship is a um, F-1600 scholarship program that's run by jeremy shaw who's a great guy um sure so much fun to talk to Uh, if if you don't know who that is just listen to imsa radio (laughs) that's him (laughs) right 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 so um yeah that was that was a great experience i didn't end up making the team uh it was aaron Hauk and jack sullivan who did went over to the uk for a full month to race f1600 at the walter hayes trophy and formula ford festival right um but overall i mean that it was an incredible experience. Got to go into USF two thousand again with Pabst, um, which was another great experience. Uh unfortunately we still couldn't find the budget for that either. <laughs> so Right. Um, but it's it's been a busy year, definitely.
0: So uh, so Augie Pabst, I don't know if you know this. I I think I mentioned it to your dad. He and I, when he went to when we went to driver school back in the late eighties, were in the same driver school together
1: like, uh, like road
0: cars, drivers? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, (laughs) uh, we go, he, I'm sure he doesn't remember me. Um, and, uh, you, you don't forget a name like Augie Pabst, you know, and, uh, with his family's background, it was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now, but, uh, uh so yeah that's cool that you get a chance to do something like that with 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 a level of team like pabst and and all of that they've uh they've got the the right equipment and the right money and the and the experience to put good cars on the track
1: yeah yeah that was man i i, I keep thinking about it it's just <laughs> such a like that was just such a great time uh the cars were amazing the whole team dynamic was just it was perfect. I mean, it's it's exactly what a race team is meant to be. Right. Um, Augie does a great job. I mean, he's got the uh the well the hard earned luxury to make sure that his team is perfect in every way. You know, when it comes down to the drivers, the crew, you know, it's not just who can do the best job, it's who works well with the team, and that's really what makes it and the dynamic
0: there was right. awesome. It was right. a lot of fun to be around him. So let me ask a question, and and uh, so a lot. Of, it's it's hard <laughs> to do what you're trying to do. Um, it in, and hard in so much is that it takes a bucket full of money to do it, and um, you know you, you don't have you don't have one of the big names. You don't have an Andretti or or a Ray Hall or any of that behind your name. So um, and and really at the stage that that any young driver is at, they're going to have to pay their way into what they're doing you know, either by bringing sponsorship or having having family wealth or whatever. And, um, you know, you have been able to continue to get your yourself maybe into not season rides, but to keep doing stuff, to keep your name out there. H- how are you doing that? Is it just people seeing you and giving you opportunities? Or h- how much are you thumping the streets to get this thing done? You know, originally, uh, actually not really. So
1: back when I got into the FE2, um, first season i think uh i was talking to tony about this and he got a message from my dad on facebook mm-hmm. that's how we got that seat sure. started up um originally we were gonna race spec racer for it i think i mentioned that in the last podcast so i right. won't go too deep into it but um that definitely set out the whole thing um you know we got linked up with turn three and at the end of the season tony told us to go to turn three he said yeah this team is good um you know they're good people and they've got fast cars uh luckily for us they also had a lot of vacancies at the time so it was jonathan brown in usf pro and me in usf 2000 so it was two drivers it wasn't anything crazy um so that that part was nice it was an opportunity that uh doesn't come around often uh so that really wasn't that hard to get into i think it was like two weeks notice kind of deal wow since then i mean the owner of turn three peter dempsey he actually reached out to jeremy shaw at the end of the griffith test and that's how i got my name out to the um team usa scholarship um you know since then it's been relatively smooth sailing um That Griffiths test was super valuable. That first one, it um, it got my name out to a lot of people. Second time around with Pabst, same thing. Uh, I've been contacted by, I, I've been reached out to by a number of teams at this point. Um, I, while I can't say specifically which teams, right. I'm comfortable saying that I've received you know, sliced rates. Sure. Uh, from teams, which is obviously super helpful. And that's really what's kept me in the game so long is just, you know, being able to mitigate some of that loss. Sure. while Keeping my name out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you don't have to get a full season in. I, I'm i pretty hard on myself with everything when it comes to, you know, trying to make a good impression whenever right. I can, because I only have so
0: many opportunities. Right, right. So you just have to work twice as hard. So in if you can't tell me that's fine but when you get invited to a test are you having to pay your your own way to that test once you get invited
1: unfortunately yeah okay I mean that's just the story sure um. And, and, are, and the reason yeah. I ask is
0: because there's going to be other people out there who are thinking about, you know, trying to get their kid into professional motorsports or another young driver who wants to do it themselves. So I'm trying to kind of like pull pull the layers of the onion away here and give people an idea of what they're getting, what, what they're maybe getting themselves into. Yeah,
1: I. I um Yeah, I even when teams reach out to me. Right. And, um, you know, when it's teams, I've never even been contact like I've never been in contact with. Uh, I, I they still come to me saying like, hey, this is our rate. Sure. Do you want to run with us? Sure. It's not necessarily, hey, I, we want you to run with us. This is you can just come here and race for us, right? right. It's 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 a little different than that. Um, the discounted rate stuff does mean a lot, though. Sure. Uh, it's not just about money, right? Right. We right. have the expectation of spending money wherever we're going to go. Um, it is just about the fact that that team sees us as a valuable asset and that's really uh really affirming it's 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 great but yeah no i mean same story everywhere Uh, i can't think of a single usf 2000 driver that's going to be
0: a paid driver right or even not having to just not to have to pay Yeah. yeah yeah You know, I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, they're going to give me money to go racing. It's another thing to say, they're going to let me race and not spend my own money to do it. You know, that (laughs) would even be a nice, you know, if you can get here, you can drive my car kind of thing. Um, uh, But it has to be, it has to be rewarding when the phone rings though, right? Yeah. I mean, there's been a number of times I've woken up to emails and I'm like,
1: what's going on here? (laughs) It's a big jump for me. I mean, I'm still not used to it, right? Like, uh i'm to me i i raced spec racer ford last year in the northern majors division right right uh sometimes i forget that i have done what i've done in the usf 2000 and in the f 1600s and team usa stuff so it's it's a little confusing at times where i get emails from teams that are you know personal and they're you know like they're actually reaching out to me legitimately so it's interesting it's um it's cool and it, it definitely keeps me motivated. Um, Sure. It's it's one of those things for sure.
0: Sure. So have you had a chance to do any, I I call it reverse marketing when, when a team contacts you, have you ever had a chance to sit down with them and say, okay, so why, why did you contact me? How did you find me? What was your, you know, I mean, obviously you just want to be grateful and go drive, but it'd be interesting to know which part, what did they see? How did they find you? Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. um, a few, a few of the teams I have, yeah. Um, so maybe are few, these like teams that you you were at a test with another team and they were at the same test and saw you at the test? Is that kind of something part of it?
1: That's part of it. Yeah, a lot of the times that's what has, happens. Um, sometimes it's a team that I've worked with in the past. I won't name names for this one, but there's sure. one guy who's been helping me out a lot lately, and um, you know he's been giving me a lot of names, and basically he's been sending people my direction okay and um so i've gotten two two pretty good pretty good offers that one of them i'm pretty sure we're gonna take up um and that's all because of him it wouldn't be that way without it so
0: right so you know i i had talked earlier um about you being clean with the cards and you've mentioned that maybe that's changed a little bit (laughs) um How important is it to, I guess, be as clean as possible, but understand that even if you do have an incident here or there, it's not going to be – it's racing, and people understand that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is, you know, you have to pick and choose where you make mistakes and where you don't, right? Right. A team's not going to be happy if you have three races every weekend and you're crashing out of one of them each weekend. Sure. Right? Uh, On the other hand, if you're – if you make a mistake, you know – Everyone understands, especially the teams that drivers are human at the end of the day. Right. Um, And when you go for a move that maybe you shouldn't have, you know, someone breaks earlier than you expected. Like there's such small things that can happen, you know, Um, and it's all about risk versus reward. And sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you just ignore the risk. right? Right. And that happens. You know, some teams want you to ignore the risk. Other teams would rather you bring the car home. Um, And is that
0: that a conversation a team has with you going into the weekend?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I have to ask, but at the end of the day, you know, it's really what the team wants out of of you. Right. So I've talked to teams and I tell them like, oh, well, if I go over this curb, if I do this, then it's going to destroy the floor pan. And they tell me, why does that matter? You're going faster. OK, you know, <laughs> so it, it's stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's not just crashing. It's about keeping keeping the car, you know, intact just from regular wear and tear. Right. Sure. Uh, some teams have the expectation that you're going to destroy the car by the end of the weekend just by driving it fast. And, you know, while I'm not used to it, I'm open to the
0: to the uh, the, the prospect of it. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So um, you're young. You know, you've done a lot in your short time. Um, part of going to these tests, I'm sure, is the conversations between you and the the team's engineers or crew chief. For you know, I don't I don't know what the terminology is at, at that level. Um, and and ha- how has that been going for you? Have you gotten any feedback on your feedback? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Greg Rice, he. The first ever race I did was in the F1600 in 2020, um, and that was with Greg. Since then, I had not raced with him at all since. Uh, I was, you know, a green driver, didn't know anything about driving a race car, right? Um, didn't know anything about giving feedback. I remember, like, I, I just couldn't tell him what the car was doing. Right. Um, when I came back, like, two, two and a half years later... I was doing the data for him. I was giving him setup options. I was challenging everything he said. And sometimes we made decisions based on what I was telling him versus what he was telling us. Right. Right. Um, and he had told me, he said, you know, listen, I'm actually really impressed with how you've grown as a driver and as a teammate. And, you know, you're helping us out a lot. Um, we ended up going to another race weekend. And the Same story. It was just, um, you know, I tried to. You know, apply my skills the best way I could. Obviously, I'm still working on the whole setup thing, but it's definitely, you know, I'm hearing good things from teams about, you know, what I'm able to do. And that, that's got to be, you know, rule one for every driver uh, is being able to give good feedback. Uh, Because that not only makes you faster, it makes the team more comfortable with you. It helps them know what's going on. Right.
0: So when you're 18, and working with, I'm guessing, engineers who are often maybe even twice your age, <laughs> do they take what you're saying pretty much at face value or do they question it or or how is that interaction?
1: It's all about how you say it. Sure. You know, sometimes there's, you know, there's times where I'm like, oh, I think it's doing this, you know, or I'm like hesitant on my answer. And these guys have worked with drivers long enough to know that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's other times where I'm saying, yeah, no, like cars doing this. I want it to do this. I hate, you know, I hate how this feels. Let's change this. Right. Sometimes I'll give them specific stuff like, Hey, let's dampen the, or stiffen the rebound. You know, let's, um, you know, change the roll bar settings. Right. Stuff like that. And that really is what, helps uh engineer kind of trust you more right um but as long as you're going fast and as long as the setup changes that they're making as per your suggestions are making you faster they're right. going to trust you sure I sure mean, they have in some sense they have no other choice right, right? so but, yeah.
0: have you found that y- your style is is s- adaptable to whatever the car is they give you for the most part or do you like a car a particular way
1: I I do like a car a particular way. I have a, a bit of a strange driving style, I discovered. Um, I love to trail brake. Um, and yet, in a car that likes trail braking, I sometimes tend to not. It depends <laughs> on the car. But the Spec Racer, for example, everyone told me not to trail brake. Right. They said, break in a straight line, let off, and coast through the corner. And I said, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, every time, I would, you know bash it down the gears and like into road America turn one, I'm trail breaking through the corner and I've got the wheel held straight the whole time. Right. I do one turn in and then the car's drifting through the corner. Right. So that's the way I like to drive. I like, you know, to get the car loose on entry and just drive it with the throttle through the corner. Right. Um, and that works with most cars, I would say, uh, the one issue I had was when it came to the racing the Miatas, just because those are power steering, I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything, okay. right? So, you know that my driving style didn't really work for a car like that. Sure. But Formula cars, stuff like Spec Racer, open top, stiff suspension, loves it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, w- what are you doing outside of racing? Well, right now I'm
1: uh, currently in the process of switching schools. Okay. Uh, I'm in college now. I'm going to be back home for this semester, and then we'll see what happens then because there's some, there's some questions revolving around what I'm going to be doing next year that might prevent me from going to school. Right, right. Um, you Oh, know, you're teasing I mean, us
0: now, Jason. You're teasing us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish I could tell you more. It's just uh,
0: I don't want to tell you
1: guys something and then end no, up I got not you. happening and all that. It's uh, But, um, I mean, it's been... Just catching up with family lately, uh, home for the holidays. I'm sure once I settle back into a rhythm, it's going to be a lot of sim racing. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, once I, once I'm done racing for the season, I go race. You know.
0: So speaking of sim racing, um, and let, before I get to some, let's go back. So when you, the semester you did do, what, what was the program? What do you, what do you plan to study?
1: Uh, I'm studying computer science right now. Okay. Uh, I, I was originally in the motorsports engineering program at IUPUI, which, uh, if I have a moment, it's a great program. Yeah. It just wasn't for me.
0: So, IUPUI, Indiana University, Pennsylvania, Purdue University, Purdue Indianapolis. University, Indianapolis. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, cool. it's a college based in Indianapolis. They're uh, splitting schools. So, it's going to be IUI and PUI okay. next year. So, Purdue and in Indianapolis. It's, uh, it's a great program. Uh, you know, the, the, First class you know, was called Intro to Motorsports. And we had, every class, we had a different guest speaker. We had Stefano DePonte of hmm. uh, Delara USA, the CEO of Delara USA there yep. a couple of times. Uh, General Manager of GM Motorsport, uh, Kevin Bayliss, I think. And then just
0: tons Top of Top-level folks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really was impressive. And you get to learn so much about it. Uh, I, I personally love math. So obviously there's a lot of map Oh, you are a involved. sick human being now.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but um, that's funny. so there there's stuff like that but it is it's a really really good program. Sure. Um, I I appreciated it. It was just, some things didn't work out. I realized that I like driving race cars better than working on them. Right. So right. That's um that's my story. But yeah. Yeah.
0: And honestly, computer science, if you have to end up footing the bill for your own career for a while, you're going to make a whole lot more money in computer science than you are going to be in motorsports engineering.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of one of my whole things, too, was um, I want to be able to own a house and I want to be able to live in it. Okay. And with both of those, computer science and motorsports engineering, you can own a house. Yeah. In motorsports engineering, you can't really live because you're gone every other weekend. Exactly. You know? So you're you're busy with motorsports, and that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make as a driver, but not as a mechanic.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Or an engineer. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I forgot what I was gonna add. Oh, oh, uh, sim racing. Um, yeah. I remember back. I don't know. Probably not too long after we talked, you did a F two thousand or USF two thousand race at Gateway. Um, was that an invite only event? And how yeah, did you get the invite?
1: Was, um, so that was because I was affiliated with uh, Road to Indy at the time. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was invite only. It was for Road to Indy drivers and Indy car drivers. Um, so we had a few Indy car drivers. Connor Daly was there. James yep. Davidson. Um, so yeah, that was invite only. Um, that was a lot of fun to do. It yeah. Was, it was cool. I, I don't know a thing about ovals, but, uh, yeah.
0: And you, but you ran in the top 10 for a lot of the race. And I think, did you wreck out at the end?
1: Uh, at, across the line. I got sixth in that race. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. But, um, it was, it was, it was, I watched
0: that whole race actually.
1: Yeah. It was intense. Cause I, I, I was just sitting behind the top five, not knowing what to do. Right. <laughs> right like how do you i don't know how to pass on an oval (laughs) exactly exactly it was just it was just mostly like i just don't want to crash because this is cool i'm racing against connor daly like yeah you know so i'll take
0: it so when i started uh, doing this internet radio thing um way back before the podcast we i had a show uh um the racing wire radio show um one of our first guests way way back in the day was connor daly and uh, I got to sit down with him and his dad at uh, at an IMSA race. They were running at the time Formula BMW, I think. This is way, way back uh, yeah. in the 90s. Um late 90s early 2000s and um, uh, but yeah so that was uh, so I've I've talked with him a lot really nice guy and uh, not that I want people to turn to a different podcast although um, he does a podcast now that uh, was picked up by Dirty Mo Media which was um, which is Dale Jr's podcast juggernaut um, and uh, his podcast is a hoot so um, if you're when you're done watching mine every week you can then switch over and watch Connors or listen to Connors. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, how important is sim racing to you in this process? To me, I look
1: at sim racing as a way to kind of scratch that itch. Okay. Um, when I'm not able to race, it's it's a great way to kind of keep myself sane. Okay. Uh, I When it comes to the whole, you know, racing feel – I, I've never found that sim racing helps me, especially when it comes to real-life racing, unless I'm trying to learn a track. Sure. Um, I've talked to a lot of other drivers. They feel the same way. And it could just be the equipment I have. It could be whatever. Like, I'm not spending $2 million on a sim rig. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but, it, you know, it is – when it comes to racecraft and things like that, it's, it's so good. Yeah. I mean – you can get in a car and race some tight races, um, you know, every 15 minutes. It, it's awesome. It, right. It's, um, I, I love it personally. I've got, I used to be a little iffy on it, but I see no reason why I would be now. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: I love it the, a lot. The one thing, the similar, you're right. It doesn't necessarily give you if, unless you have a 50, $60,000 rig, um, uh, it doesn't give you as much seat-of-the-pants feel as you get in a race car, no question about that. But what I find is um, it, 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 the mental side of it. You know, if you're in a battle with two or three cars over the course of 25 minutes, you you can absolutely replicate the intensity, the thought process, the you know, how quickly can I make decisions, whether to make that 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 75 percent move or that 50 percent move, uh, deciding how to do that. All of that mental aspect of racing is absolutely uh, uh, replicatable. I think I just made a word up um, on a sim that uh, and, and you could help make those decisions when you're not worrying about busting up a race car, too.
1: Yeah, it's a great learning ground, uh, really. I, I, I wouldn't say I think sim racing has made me a more aggressive driver. Definitely. OK, um, I, I used to be very timid alongside just the fact that um, I just want to win races more. Sure. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely a more aggressive driver. I'm way more confident in passing and things like that because at the end of the day, you're right. Like you can learn, if you can learn without busting up a car, Right. then do it, you know? And that's exactly what sim racing achieves. I, like I have a Logitech G29. It's Same a $250 sim race. Yep, that's the one I got. It's, it doesn't need to be crazy. Right. I, I'm a race car driver and I use that, you know, I, I'm pretty quick in it. it I think part of the fact is because I'm a race car driver in real life. Right. But it's still a great learning ground. It, it, It's yeah, it's, there's no other way to replicate the mental aspect of racing
0: besides just racing. Yeah. Yeah. No question. No question. Um, so two things before I let you go. Um, let's say I've got a kid 13, 14 years old doing carts. Um, and it's time to think about stepping them up. Um, what are your What are your top three recommendations for someone who's in that position?
1: First things first. No matter what, I say go to a school. I mean, you have Lucas Oil School of Racing, you have the SCCA School, and you have Skip Barber. Like those are the main, you know, mainstream racing schools. Yep, there's a couple out west from, too as well that are yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Like that, you you have to do that. Right. You know, I have seen drivers come in that don't have the experience of a school and it shows, you know, there's just a lack of the fundamentals that they need to learn at a race weekend, which is a waste of money and it's a waste of talent. It's a waste of time. It, it It's not a good idea to, I mean, yeah, you have to learn how to drive before you go and race. Um, so I recommend going to a school immediately. When it comes to the young kids stuff, you know, there's a lot of kids that at least a couple of years ago would go straight to USF 2000 and stuff like that, which is just not right. Um, the, those cars are not. I mean, they're, they're, there's kids that can do it, but the competition is only going up. Right.
0: And, and you're and you're going to blow your money. Before you have the talent to make it worth your while.
1: It's a lot of money to spend to learn. Right. right? And it's money you don't need to spend no matter how rich you are. Right. Right. No matter how wealthy you are,
0: you know, there's just no point. Right. Right. Because even if you do have all the money, if you go into that environment and screw up too many times your reputation is going to have that on it. And you can't, no matter how much money you have, you can't out, you can't outrun, you can't outspend your reputation unless yeah. your dad's or mom are buying the whole team. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: there, that's just the whole thing. It's, right. it's, you know, and there, there's people that do that, you know? Yeah. Um, I've seen it more than once where a kid will jump into USF 2000 or something else and, they're just not good enough. They right. either beat themselves up over it or something or other, right? And it just hurts their reputation. And you don't want to see that ever, right? No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's obviously my personal opinion when it comes to that kind of stuff. There are kids that can do that, right? Right. I'm not saying that it's impossible that a kid straight from carts can go to USF 2000 because it's happened before. I'm just saying probably worth spending some time learning somewhere else, right? right? You've got, like, the Skip Barber School. Like, they have the race series. Right. That's now officially on the the USF Pro Championship ladder. It gives you a scholarship. Yeah. You know, you could spend a lot of money, or you could spend less money. Right. <laughs> that's the whole thing, right?
0: Well, um, and, and you can jump into an FE2 season with any of a 100 hundred, well, a hundred—any of a dozen yeah. teams out there you know, who have full everything that you would get, and that's going to be a whole lot less expensive. You know, you could probably do three seasons in FE2 for what you could do for one season in in USF 2000, right? I'll give you this. My season in FE2
1: costs the same as a weekend in USF 2000. There you go. (laughs) So I I, got to... I ended up getting pretty lucky with my Fe2 deal. But, yeah. But even if you
0: don't get lucky, it's two weekends.
1: Yeah, right? Like (laughs) It's expensive. Racing is not cheap, right? And SCCA, I don't give it the credit it deserves even now, right? The the cost of my season this year in Spec Racer Ford, with the amount of racing I got, like good, good racing too, you know, it's it's less than a weekend in usf 2000 right it for great racing. right and there's there's other options if you don't want to be running spec racer ford like there's the scca pro series with frp yep right that stuff 30 cars open wheel great learning environment yep. it really is because the the stewart's there are hard on drivers i've <laughs> i i got penalties like they're they're not they're not easy on the drivers at all because they want to make sure that the racing is safe and they want to make sure that the drivers are
0: learning well and and they want to make sure that whoever graduates from that series to go to usf 2000 doesn't embarrass the series exactly because that's that's, how they become relevant in that ladder system
1: yeah yeah i mean that's exactly it it's um it's a great place to place to be and right um I've got nothing more to say other than when you get the opportunity, you know, as CCA, when it comes to that first year jump is for younger kids. Uh, Obviously, this is directed towards that, you
0: know, development of drivers. It's a great place to be. It really is. Sure. All right. So tip one was go to a school. Tip two, don't go to USF 2000 right away. Tip three. Um, Just
1: ask questions. Right, like that was the whole thing. My dad and I were both open about the fact that we knew absolutely nothing about <laughs> racing. Right, and we still don't. We still have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> but we we're a little closer to it. Right, um, back when I was running FE2. I mean, my dad literally said he said like I don't know what I'm doing. I need I need your help. Right, I need I need people. We 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 both needed people, and we will always need people to guide us. Right, You can't do it alone. Racing is a team sport. And there's always someone who is there longer than you. Mm -hmm. They're going to know more than you. So it's all about asking questions. It's about being comfortable with the fact that you don't know as much as the person next to you sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guarantee you that the teams you are going to work with will respect you a whole lot more for coming in in that attitude. And will help you, and will be more willing to help you because you're saying, "I need this help. I don't know what's going on," than if you came in acting like you knew everything, because they know it's an act. They immediately know it's an act. Yeah, they can tell. <laughs> they can. Tell.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I. It's. Um. Yeah. It just makes people want to work with you more. Right. Uh. It makes people feel more comfortable around you. Just being someone that they can teach. Right. People like that. You know. It's it's a good environment to create and it, you know, you're always going to be learning and racing. So why not start, you know, start early on, start getting comfortable with
0: that. And parents, just to let you know, the the teams are just as interested on your attitude as they are about the kid's attitude. Um, Perfect example, not at all having to do with racing um, is what my, my kid is an actor out here in Los Angeles and we go to these casting calls. And, you know, it's 100 kids. They are all in a room together and they go in one at a time. And there's cameras in the room. I call it the, 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 the bullpen. There's cameras, you know, and I thought they were for security or to make sure, you know, whatever. But it turns out that the, the producers of the show will look at the camera in the bullpen to see how the parents are acting. Because the parents are being hired along with their kids. You know, if they hire the kid, the parents are part of the deal. And if you're a crazy train, they're not they're going to skip over your kid. It's the same thing in motorsports is, you know, your dad being a cool guy and not nuts and and, you know, not a drama queen kind of person is reflective of of you and if your dad's a pain or your mom i don't know if your mom is part of the team you know goes to races with you guys or not but if your parents are causing drama in in the paddock they're not going to ask you to come back no
1: i i've seen it and i've been told this recently uh twice twice actually in the past two months where i've been talking to a team and i you know I'm getting fit to the car I'm learning about the team and whatnot and they they'll tell a story because they love the team owners love to tell of course they stories. do we all love the bench it's, race <laughs> yeah it's, it's the it's the story of the crazy dad yeah where you know you've got a decently quick kid and the dad is just a nightmare <laughs> right and and you know parents lose seats for their kids all yeah. the time because of that and it's just not helping you yeah. know I see it a lot and yeah that's a yeah, you got to help out your kid when you're when you're doing that stuff, not just financially, not just morally, but in every way, you're part of the team just as much as right. they
0: are. And even if the kid's making some mistakes, if the parents are involved in the proper way, the team's going to be more likely to keep you on for an extra race or two to give you a little bit more time to get up to speed, you know? Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, I guess now that what I want to do is give you an opportunity. I'm sure there's a ton of people in the last two years that you want to thank who've been part of, the, part of your your growth and progression. And uh, this is your opportunity to, to give a big old thank you to whoever you need to thank.
1: Yeah. I mean, to start off, we've uh, been working with uh, Ralph Hanson at uh, Pegasus. Um, so they're a marketing agency. Okay. It's just, you know, it's something new we've been working on. We kind of realized that both my dad and I, we, I mean, we, I go to school, he works a full-time job. It's not easy to, you know, it takes time. Yeah, pretty much. It's, (laughs) it's not easy to do it on your own. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting your foot in the door is one thing. That's just, it's just not, it's not like it's impossible, but it's not easy to work, you know? So it's been great. We've been working with him. He's been fantastic. Um, you know, we've got, obviously, my mother <laughs> who yeah. lets me do this. I feel bad because I've been talking to her about some things lately and it's stressing her out just as much <laughs> as it's stressing everyone out. So, always thank your mom. Of course. <laughs> uh, you know, World Bridge Partners, have, they've been with us for a while. OGO, Slick Products. Um, everyone that's been with us for the past few years, they've all been great. So, yeah, a um, little bit. Wishy washy, I guess, but uh, we're working on some bigger things right now. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully soon.
0: And dad, can don't let's not forget dad.
1: Obviously, not forget dad. I I uh, haven't thanked him enough today. Haven't thanked him enough this whole time. So yeah, definitely um, thank well, your parents because I, you have no idea.
0: <laughs> I, I I've I've had fun watching your progression, and I know that your dad is extremely proud of the hard work you've put in. And, um, uh, that's, uh, he, he wouldn't do it if you weren't putting in the effort. So, um, it's, it's really cool to been following your progress and we will continue to do so. And maybe in another 144 episodes where we'll we connect again and, uh, we'll, we'll even be, be further up the ladder. And as soon as you have stuff locked down for 2024, let me know. And, uh, I will be happy to share that with the folks at home. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh... Hopefully it will be coming soon. I mean, uh, we've we've got a plan in place. We're just gonna we got to pull the trigger at some point. So yeah, that'll be we'll be sure to let you know. It's um, it's been fun watching you and uh, inside the SCCA podcast grow as well. It's it's awesome to feel like I've been a part of it and um
0: yeah, you were the OG, you were the OG. So yeah. this so. surprisingly long ago. I know it it, yeah. it it feels like yesterday though. It really does. It does. Yeah. yeah. So, well, congr- congratulations on all that you've done. Good luck on everything coming forward. Keep us in, in, in posted with what's going on. And uh, I look forward to reconnecting several times down the road.
1: Oh, yeah. Cool. For sure. It's, it's uh, definitely going to have to happen at least a couple more times. So Very good. look forward to speaking with you again. And Very good. Let me know if you need any help with the, any Super Tour announcements or anything
0: like that, and I'll be
1: happy to add some color again.
0: All right. We'll work on that as well. We'll work on that as well. All right, Jason Pribble, uh, he was uh, guest number one. Now he's guest number 144 here on Inside the Seca. All right, we're going to move on, and uh, we've got a couple new pieces of stuff that we're doing here. Uh, this is a new feature that we're going to do every week here on Inside the Seca, and uh, it is uh, what I'm going to call news and notes, and I have to get a little creative here on on my placement so that I'm not in my, well, maybe we do want the graphic to cover my face. <laughs> uh, but here's what we got going on here in the SCCA, 15 days until Sebring folks, the super tour will get underway in Sebring, Florida. And uh, whatever the date is, it's been running across your screen here uh, at the bottom. I believe it's the 12th, 13th and 14th. There's something along those lines. And um, we're going to be there with the full live coverage on the super tour uh, live stream on SCCA's, um, Uh, SCCA's YouTube page I'm looking for one other piece of info here to see if I can make another announcement and I can't maybe next week I will do that but um, but yeah, so when this airs, uh, we're recording this before Christmas because we wanted to uh, we wanted to take a week off and spend time with family. Uh, but when this hits the hits the YouTube's, we'll have 15 days until Sebring. I'm working on my preps because, of course, I do the announcing for Sebring, and uh, we're already at 250 or so entries, and and there's still time for people to jump in. So, uh, but uh, real excited to uh, to talk about that and all of that. Uh, also. Uh, another really cool announcement I saw this week. Morgan Burkhart, who was your pole sitter and spec racer Ford in 2020, uh, 2023 at the runoffs. Uh, and uh, he was running in the top five until he had some mechanical problems. Uh, young driver from the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, he announced this week that he is going to be joining uh, VGRT Racing. Uh, he'll be racing a Hyundai Elantra in the TCR class in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, he's uh, been named the the development driver for that VGRT racing team, and uh, just another great example of a youngster who is really getting it done. And uh, we've had him on the on the show. Uh, we had him on the show a, a couple times, and uh, during the runoffs as well. As he was the uh, 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, GW Driver of Excellence, GW Henderson Driver of Excellence, that we give away that award. And uh, so excited for him and his family uh, to bring you that news that he is going to be, uh, gonna be going IMSA racing in the Pilot Challenge, uh, which is very, very awesome. Also, uh, it was announced today, kind of or this week confirmed, and we talked about this on our podcast with Eric Prill a while back and uh, I'll put some uh, some links to that podcast in, uh, in the show notes and also the links to the Flagtronics podcast. Uh, but it was announced this week that Flagtronics in 2024, uh, they will have the, uh, the system set up at all of the Super Tour races. Uh, it will not be required for the in-cars in the Super Tour this year, although it is highly recommended that the drivers start uh, migrating towards that system and putting it in their cars, especially if they're going to the runoffs because... At the runoffs uh, this coming year, uh, the Flagtronic systems will be required in all the cars for the runoffs. A lot of information about that on ssca.com, plus the uh, plus the podcast that I will link here at the bottom of the show. Um, uh, I've seen the system at work. I think it is a, a great next step forward in the evolution of, of what we do in the club as far as safety and technology goes. And uh, I, I think once it's, it's implemented and it's in all of the cars... Uh, it will truly show its value to everybody. So uh, a great safety feature. And in the grand scheme of motorsports, uh, to have something like that for basically $300 per car, um, I think uh, personally it's money well spent. And uh, it's really a system that will improve the amount of uh, green flag racing we have, uh, as well as just another safety feature as well. So, And then lastly, uh, the official announcement came out this week on runoffs classes for 2020. 24 uh we also talked about this on the eric pearl podcast uh, a couple couple of weeks ago uh essentially uh formula 600 formula atlantic formula ford gt1 and gt3 are all going to be on probation for this year at the runoffs so what this means is uh they are runoffs eligible if they have more than 10 cars they will crown a national champion if they have less than 10 cars they will not crown a national champion the other thing is that if they have less than 10 cars, uh, they will not automatically be invited to the runoffs in 2025. So uh, that's there's uh, so that's the thing. You need to be able to make sure that uh, you get 10 cars at Road America and uh, that they participate in the week. And uh, that will ensure that these cars will, number one, come off of probation. If they have more than 10 cars at the runoffs in 2024— uh, they will be off of probation I think with the runoffs at road America that probably won't be an issue uh, to get 10 cars in those classes but it'll be really important to make sure the 10 cars show up and to, to get uh, to get your class out of out out, um, out of runoffs probation so um, so that was announced for 2024 also uh, um, confirmed something that we've talked about before the new spec mx5 class will be runoffs national championship eligible in 2024 so uh that's also big news for the folks in that class and uh kind of the next iteration of spec miata here in the SECA. so uh that's gonna do it uh this uh this we're we're one or two days after christmas i hope everybody had a fantastic christmas and uh, they're getting ready to do whatever they're going to do in uh in 2024 Uh, have a great new year's as well and uh this is episode 144 i was so excited today uh to have to have our our first guest from episode number one on uh it was a ton of fun talking with jason and catching up with him and uh i look forward to doing more with that as we uh get ready for um uh, going into 2024 144 episodes folks It's kind of hard to wrap my arms around that, but uh, I appreciate all of the folks at home who tune in every week and 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 watch what we do. Uh, We we put out uh, we put out an episode a couple of weeks ago and uh, it is uh, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. and I, I really, really appreciate everybody for watching. I'm having a blast doing them. And uh, the fact that I get the feedback that people are enjoying it is uh, is reason to keep going with it. So that is going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the SCCA. Uh, uh, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the Racing Wire podcast network or the Racing Network on YouTube. Would also be great if you leave a comment, uh, and follow us on uh, on follow us on Twitter. You can catch us at Racing Wire Net. We also have a Racing Wire uh, Facebook page as well. Uh, there's a new inside the SCCA every week. I'm Brian Belansky. Have yourself a fast a fantastic weekend, a great New Year's. Stay safe and go play with cars.
1: I'm Abby Shear, and when I'm on my way to an autocross, I listen
0: to the Inside the SCCA podcast. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.